Amen. Again, thanks for uh, being here and uh, joining us at Hope Lower Town, and, and uh, glad you're able to be here on this Palm Sunday. Um, palm Sunday, as Zach was just saying, it's, it's when Jesus came into Jerusalem. Chaz has a, has a palm. Well, well done, Chaz. Um, the previous congregations, I think they've, they held them out. Last year, I remember we tried to hand them out, and some people got them, but anyways. Um, and it was just when he was making this triumphal entry into, into Jerusalem, and everyone's got these palm branches, and they're, they're waving at him, singing, Hosanna, Hosanna the highest, and, and saying, they were recognizing you as the Messiah. Um, and uh, less than one week later, um, he will be crucified on the cross. And um, uh, we will have, I know it sounds weird, like, hey, we're going to have an Easter service, but we're going to have an Easter service. Um, I know 6 p.m. on Easter is kind of a difficult time, but we will be here. It'll be a little bit more time of a, of a time of worship and some liturgy and, and reading some scripture and, and that kind of thing. I'm not necessarily going to preach the way I normally would uh, next week, but uh, we'll just have some time celebrating the resurrection of our Savior. Um, those of you who don't know me, my name is Brian, and uh, pastor here at Hope Community Church, and, and uh, I'm mainly here at uh, Lower Town, and so... Um, and I'm glad to be here and open God's Word uh, with all of you tonight. Uh, quick question: Have you ever um, you ever done something um, that got somebody else in trouble? Right? Does that make sense? Like, like ever done something and and you you like knew if I do this thing, like someone's gonna get in trouble, they're gonna get caught. Those of you who have siblings, you're like, yeah, duh, like that was every day. Um, I actually was like, it was like my job. I was like a narc. Uh, I. I was a, um, a police cadet, actually, in uh, Orland Park in Chicago, and, and we just would wear these collared shirts with, like, um, stitched-on badges, and we would go and, and like, uh, um, go to, like, uh, high school parties and dances, and we would just, if someone, we saw someone doing drugs or something, we would just call the real cops, and they would, they would come in and bust them, um, which was, uh, I, I loved it. I, I, you know, I didn't know any of these people. I didn't go to their schools. It didn't matter to me. Um, and that was, that was fun. Everyone hated you, you know, that kind of thing. I do remember I was the youngest, so I have a, a brother who's five years older than me, and my sister is about two and a half years, old, years older than me. And, and being younger, my sister and I, we didn't really, I don't, like we, I don't even remember her until I turned 18. Like, I, she was in my family, but we just didn't really hang out a whole lot. Um, we just, you know, she was playing with Barbies and talking to herself in her room all the time. I just thought she was a little bizarre. Um, but I love her, and we're, we're pretty close now, actually. And, but my brother, though, being five years apart, that's a difficult age um, when, when you're doing anything, right? I'm, I'm in, in junior high when he's, you know, a senior in high school, and so we didn't really do a whole lot together, but he was always bigger than me. He still is uh, a lot bigger than me. He's, just, he's, the, he's always been a big guy, and um, he, he used to just pummel me. I mean, he would just beat me up to death, and to the point where but there was nothing I could do. I was defenseless, but I had one defense, and that was dad. But I had to get dad to believe that Matt did something very mean to me. And I used to just look him in the eye, my brother, when he got me really mad, and I would just put my arm in my mouth, and I would just bite, right? And I would just go, Dad, right? Matt just bit me, right? And, and then, of course, he's the one getting in trouble. He's the one getting the whooping. You're looking at Liam. Has he done the same thing? You ever done that before? I think my wife's done that before. Um, yeah, it was just, I think it's a younger sibling just defense mechanism because it's a, it's a natural thing. When somebody does something mean to you or evil to you, our natural inclination is, I, wanna, I, want, I want justice to happen here, right? Something else needs to be repaid against that individual, and that's what we're going to look at tonight. Is that what we're called to do in Scripture? Are we called to retaliate or are we called to love and, and uh, care for those people who uh, 
pour evil upon us. So we are in week 13 of Between Two Worlds. We've been preaching through First Peter now for 13 weeks, and, uh, and I'm glad where we're at, where we're going, and I'm really, really excited about, about tonight. Before we get into the scripture, though, just kind of this uh, uh, public service announcement or whatever you want to call it, we're gonna go, I'm going to go over just our, our, our quarterly update, financial update. And again, this is, this is going to sound weird. If you're visiting tonight, you can just zone us out. We don't talk about money a whole lot around here. Um, I think especially people at our church, we are, we are generous and, and good givers. And so it's not something that we um, are continually having to bring in front of you. But I do want to bring up just a couple things of, of some praises um, that uh, God continues to provide. And on an average week, not just here, but our, our uh, other down campus as well, we receive at least $25,000. Um, and that's to me, that's just crazy. Uh, it's crazy that uh, my salary and everybody else on staff, all of our salaries comes from your generosity and your giving. And so I want to thank you uh, for that and everything else that we're able to do as a church. And so I appreciate that. Uh, we've had 34 new people uh, or new units, uh, donors that have been starting to give already in 2019. And we've got 284 donor units that could be an individual or a family or a business um, that give over $100 a month. And so uh, if, you're, if you're part of that, and if you'd like to be part of that, um, we'd love to see that. Um, prayers, um, there's something that, that, you know, we there's an ever-growing gap right now is we're not raising as much as, as what we thought we were going to as far as planning out our budget, but we're not, nobody's freaking out. We're not, not DepthCon, you know, what is it, red, or they do colors now, but I don't, I don't remember. Um, and nobody's, nobody's too, too worried. So here's the, here's the, here's the nitty-gritty. Uh, here's the numbers here for you. The amount received um, so far has been $388,108.49 and um, uh, been at a total of 464 donor uh, units. And then currently right now, year to date, uh, as of April 7th, we are $178,766 behind. Um, which I know that sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money, um, but I know that uh, God is good and faithful and uh, he will provide. And so obviously we, as, a, as a, our own campus, we kind of have our own budget and everything's kind of looking where it should be right now. And, and so as, as this location, we're happy and healthy and, um, and we're good. So uh, nobody's going to get fired or anything like that. Um, so anyways, just want to thank you for that. Let me just uh, pray for us and just thank God for uh, his goodness and also for those of us who have been giving and those who would maybe want to join in on that and what we're able to do uh, in the community. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you that you are good. I thank you that you're faithful. And I thank you for um, those individuals who out of their generosity and goodness and maybe even just being a recipient of what uh, Hope Community Church has been to them, whether it's community or some kind of help or, or class or something they took and just being able to sit under the preaching of your word, just uh, realizing that this is our opportunity to help and to be a member that's mobilized, to be even give of our time and our talents and our money and so, God, we just thank you for that. I pray that you continue to, to work in our hearts. And so I pray now that as we open up your word, um, that our ears would just be ready to hear and our hearts would be attentive uh, to what you have to uh, say to us tonight. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Okay, um, so Josh already read this passage, but I'm just going to, not this one, this is, this is going back a couple weeks. And again, this is probably my favorite passage in, in all of scriptures. There's so much weight here. But again, this is, this is the foundation. This is where we're coming from, that you are a chosen people, church. Um, this, this is language that was specifically for Israel. And we're going to see that again tonight, that now he's saying this isn't just about Israel anymore, that we are now as a people group, as a church, being grafted into this ultimate plan that God has had from the beginning. He says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, 
a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. And once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So this week's message is going to be suffering from your enemies. And it's not going to necessarily be a message on suffering. Uh, we've, we've done that already a few times in First Peter, where it lends to that, that like, don't, don't be surprised when suffering happens, that you're actually going to suffer persecution because of your faith, not, not in spite of your faith or a lack of faith, if you have faith. What Peter says is that, 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 that is just an open season for people to persecute you because of that. But we're going to look at what should our reaction be. That suffering is going to happen as a result of faith. Therefore, what should our, our response be to that suffering and suffering from our enemies? And the passage again tonight is 1 Peter 8, or 3, 8 through 12. And it says this. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love his life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from the deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. That is our passage for tonight. So we're just going to walk through this. He says this in the first part here, being like-minded. He says, finally, all of you. Who is the all of you? Well, he just got done addressing the previous seven verses in chapter three and then a little bit in chapter two. Right? We've looked at these three different kind of people groups. We looked at citizens underneath their emperor. We've looked at um, slaves or servants to their masters and their relationship. We've looked at husbands and wives and their relationship. And he's saying, okay, if I've missed anybody, all right, finally, all of you, right? Everybody in the church, if you call yourself part of this church and part of the body, a living stone that's being built up, all of you. And then he says this, he says, be like-minded. And I've been using this phrase of member mobilization that is at Hope. We are elder-led, governance team supported, staff run, but we're member mobilized. That we can't do anything without you. Uh, that there are, normally he disappeared, but normally someone's in the sound, sound booth. Oh, he's still there. Hey, how's it going? Um, and, I, and I'm thankful for Chaz and Nolan. They help out a lot um, uh, when it comes to those kinds of things. And, but even tonight, Nolan is involved with off-road, which is right now. So he was gone. So I'm going back there helping with the slides and that kind of thing. And so we could use some extra hands if you're interested in something like that. But member mobilize, that this isn't about, hey, this is my vision, this is my mission, that we want to find our mission and our vision from Scripture, and we want to be able to mobilize all of you to do the mission of God's work. And so if you're not familiar with our mission statement, uh, this is it. And I, and I love this, that we are to honor God by helping as many people as possible become fully devoted followers of Christ. To honor him, that's, that's number one, is to honor God, and then by helping as many people as possible. Right? This isn't just people who are, who are young, uh, white, who look like me. That's not, because I'm young, right? I, I threw that in there too. Um, this isn't just that, right? This is, this is as many people as possible. And then what, just to, to, to join a, a club and just hang out and have community? No, it's to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. That is the end goal when it comes to what we are called to do as believers and as as a church, 
There's a couple things, though, coming up, and, I, and I, I'm really excited about this, okay? If you haven't noticed, anybody find a little Easter egg that I put on here? It wasn't Easter egg, it's just the back. If you got a sermon note, you can flip it over to the back, and there's a couple of upcoming events, and I'm going to be doing that uh, weekly now, is be putting up uh, upcoming events that are going to be in the back of that. If you didn't get one, um, are you grabbing some? All right, he's going to grab some. So if you really want one, you can, you can take a peek at it. Um, and uh, just upcoming events, and I didn't, I need one myself. I meant to grab one, and then we could walk through it, and I forgot. But there's a couple things. One of them that I want to highlight, uh, though, while he's coming back, is in a couple, couple weeks, there's, we've been, Paul and I, Paul Stiver and I, we've been really trying to figure out what can we do beyond these walls to, can you, can I have one too? Thanks. Um, to reach the, the community and just, just serve the community, right? Not necessarily go out there and, and hey, here's some tracks, and we love you, and we love Jesus, so come to our church. It's not, it's not just about that, right? If we want to be able to serve our community, that we want to, to serve our city uh, because we love it. And so everything on, on this handout is Lower Town specific, okay? So all these events that are coming up, this is not a downtown uh, thing. Um, if I had everybody from downtown, if I invited them all over to my house, we'd, we'd probably have some problems. So, um, but you, we could make it work even if all of you came, right? So um, there's a, a monthly men's breakfast. We meet just down the street over here at Swede's Hollow um, Cafe, April 27th, uh, uh, men's choir practice. It's basically just going to be a time to hang out, um, have, some, have some drinks, and uh, play some games, watch the NFL draft if you're interested in something like that. Just, just get, uh, hang out. So, uh, but then May 5th, though, this is the one I wanted to talk about. I've got a slide for this, too. We've been talking about what can we do for like a spring cleaning, right? Just get everyone some trash bags, those little hand grippy things. Let's just go clean up all the dog mess that's been out there for six months that people don't pick up, all that stuff, right? And all the, all the junk, let's clean it up. And then this just popped up on my, on my Facebook. One of the local uh, businesses down here, the Black Dog Cafe, uh, I followed them on Facebook and they said, hey, thank you to everyone who helped clean up. And there was this Spire Credit Union, if you've seen them, they've got the commercials with the truck, uh, if you've seen that. I don't know why. I, like, I, I want to go bank with you because you got a cool truck. Um, anyways, it stuck. I, I guess I know what it is. They, they do this thing, though, where they, they kind of sponsor this, um, and they give everyone a free T-shirt. It is free to do, and you can register on there. I'm going to send out, if you're on uh, uh, Hope CC or on, my, on the city, not the city, on my Hope CC, um, then I'm going to send out an email as soon as the sermon is over or the service is over and kind of blast you all with this link. Um, and here's the thing, the, the image of it, because Black Dog Cafe, right, they say, hey, thank you to this group of people who helped clean up our neighborhood. And, and it was a lot of elderly people, a lot of them, a few of them had, you know, walkers, you know, going around. And I just think, man, what a great opportunity to have some, some youth and people who say, I, I just want to demonstrate my love for the community that Jesus has for you by cleaning up and picking up some trash. And this is something we could do. It's on a Sunday afternoon from one to three. Now we can go down there, we can do that. It's just in the, the park right over here. And people say, hey, where are you from? You literally can point, that big church right there, that's where we go. Um, and it's just an opportunity to be able to say, hey, this is where we are, this is who we are, and we care about you and we care about the neighborhood. So that's on that. I will have my computer up front if you want to help trying to figure out how to register for that. I'm more, I'll be more than happy to help you with that. Um, and then if you're not on My Hope CC, um, I can help you get registered for that as well. So that makes sure you're getting emails and things like that and events that are coming up. Um, May 17th, that's a, a women's Bible study. They've been going uh, every month as well, and they just started a book uh, by Tim Keller called Every Good Endeavor. It's really about how, to, how, to, how do I demonstrate my faith? How do I live out my faith in the workplace? Uh, phenomenal book. Uh, I haven't read it, but my wife is reading it. She really likes it. 
Um, and then June 1st, all hands on deck. Uh, we're going to talk more about that as we get there, but a couple other things that are coming up. Um, and if you have an idea, right, especially ladies, if there's something you, man, I'd love to try to plan something like this, just shoot me an email and we'll, we'll talk about it and see if that's something we can make happen. Okay, so that's that. There's, there's some things that we're going to be doing internally, yes, for community, but then also externally to be able to benefit our city and our community, um, specifically to Lower Town and that kind of thing. So uh, again, if you have questions about that, just email me, talk to me afterwards. I'd love to, love to see you there. All right, um, moving on here, he says this, when you're here, you're family, right? He says, when we're in this church, when we're part of this body, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. This is within our, our walls here that this is how we are to be. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time looking at being sympathetic and what that means and, and to love one another and being compassionate and humble. But I will say this, that when you break down those words that Peter is using, they were words the last few weeks. Remember, there was these house codes that they would give. Like this is how a, a woman needs to submit to her husband in this culture based on this home code, right? And so Peter's kind of using that same language, but here the words of love one another is that, that Philadelphia, right, of a brotherly love and be compassionate. That was, again, a word that was only used amongst the family, like an actual uh, uh, immediate family. That would have been language that was used. And now Peter is taking that language and saying, this applies to you, church. You are a family, Right? And when you're here, when you're, when you're at this church, when you're part of this church, you are family. That's a, that's a, a phrase from uh, Olive Garden, right? You know the, the phrase, right? And then I was looking for just an image of it, right? When you're here, you're family. And, and I came across this, right? So their slogan, if you're here, you're family. If you're here, then you are family. If you're our family, then you are here. But four, if you're not here, then you are not family, right? If you are not family, then you are not here, right? Because right? if I'm here, when I'm here, I'm family. That's what this means, right? So, so we're not going to use that slogan as a church, right? Because if people say, well, I, don't, I, don't, I go to a different church. Well, you're not, not in my family, right? No, that's not okay. Um, and, then, and then this was, uh, what are they, it's, it's not a Freudian slip, right? There's got to be a term for this. If one of you knows, when you, when you hear something that you want to hear, that a, that's got to be a thing, right? I mean, I'm sure it's got a name, but uh, it's not a, not a Freudian slip. But okay, so, so my wife, a while back, we found her old uh, iPod. It's this pink iPod she had in high school, I think. And we found it, and it's just full of awesome 90s and 2000s songs, right? The thing is just amazing, right? Well, this one song came on Toby Mac, which I wasn't allowed to listen to Toby Mac when I was growing up. But um, Toby, Toby Mac came on. And, and, and what I heard was this, right? This was the song. Okay, the song is called Love is in the House. And what I heard was, when love is in the house, the house is home. And I was like, oh, man, that'll preach. And I immediately ran into the living room, and I'm typing it up, and, you know, found a picture of Toby Mac and, and all these different things. And, and the angel's like, that's not what it says. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, it is. And then I had to Google it. And, you know, it's like when the love is in the house, the house is packed, right? So you got to leave the back door cracked. I don't. So that had nothing to do with the passage. So, so I'm, I'm coining the phrase, when love is in the house, the house is home, right? Home is a good thing. I don't know. That was just kind of funny, and it didn't, had nothing to do. Well, we are called to be a family, and we are called to love one another. That is what we are called to do as believers, and there's going to be disagreements in a family, Right? But he's saying, be a better family. Don't just be this family that argues and bickers and you, you all are in a family. If you have a perfect family, you've never had an argument with somebody in your family, talk to me afterwards and teach me your ways. Right? It's difficult being in close 
quarters with other people, right? It's just a difficult, even just a marriage, there's difficulties there. And then you add kids or brothers and sisters and moms and dads, and it's, and it's difficult. And what he's saying is we are called to be that type of immediate family, but be better. Be better in this way that you don't repay evil with evil or insult with insult, because that, that's so natural. It is so natural to do that. And we're not called to do that, but that's not just amongst our family. It's even beyond these walls of people saying, whoa, whoa, whoa you Christian, right? That, that's suffering as a result of my faith. We're called to be a better family. Um, a couple, whenever it was, a month or two ago when I was down in, in, in Florida for a, a, a church planning conference, um, there's a, a, a guy, his name's Larry Osborne. He's written a lot of books, and, and Steve, our senior pastor downtown, he's really good friends with him. And, and um, down there, he, he gave this talk called The Switzerland Principle. And I, and I thought there's some really good things about it. Basically, if you know anything about Switzerland, they don't get involved in the world's affairs, right? They just take everyone's money, right? And they kind of save it up and bank it and trade it around, right? They don't, they don't get in everybody's messes, right? They just say, hey, you, we'll, we'll do us. You, you guys go fight your wars and we'll just fund it, okay? And we'll, we'll profit. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but their idea is they don't get involved in other people's affairs. And so Larry was kind of given this idea as far as a church that if we're attacked from the outside, someone writes a uh, a letter in the, in the, in the you know, St. Paul uh, paper, and they say, the Pioneer Press, and they say, hey, man, this church is in here, and they're, they're doing all these crazy things, and they hate people, and whatever, right? Um, he's saying that there's news cycles, right? If I write back, write a letter to the editor or whatever, guess what's going to get printed? <laughs> My letter. And there's going to be this feud. There's going to be this thing going that if I just let the news cycle end, it all just goes away. And I think that there's some really good practicality to that, as far as a church or maybe even an individual, someone says something about me on Facebook, like, all right, do I really need to just air this or, or correct that person? Is that necessary? Can I just let this one go? And I think those are some good principles, but it's not what Peter teaches here, right? Peter doesn't say when you're insulted, just bury your head in the sand like an ostrich. He doesn't say that. He says, what I want you to do is I want you to repay evil with good. I want you to repay, and this is hard, this takes a lot of work, a lot of work. But what I think we can learn from what Peter teaches us is to have a genuine response of blessing, like actual, and this is not easy to do. If you've ever had somebody do something evil towards you or disrespectful to you or say something knowing, I, I, I'm a Christian, you know that's not, I'm not like that. I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not there and you're purposefully doing that. It is incredibly difficult to have a genuine response of, I want to bless you. I want to pray for you, right? And that's not the response, right? Like someone does something evil. You're like, mm, I'm going to pray for you, right? And that's, not, that's not, not how we do that either, right? A genuine response of blessing and prayer for an enemy demonstrates to them that the love that not only we uh, have genuinely have for them, but also love that Jesus has for them. As I was reading and studying this week, I, I came across a story about um, a soldier, and, and I don't know if it's true or not, but it was just in something I was reading, but, but a young man who, who every night would read his Bible in the barracks, and, and the guy across from him uh, didn't like that and would tease him constantly about it. And, he, and uh, one night he had some muddy boots, and he, and he threw them at the guy when he was reading his Bible, and his response uh, was, I'm going to clean this guy's boots, and, and I'm going to put them in front of his bed so they're going to be ready to go in the morning. And it said that because of his actions, there were other people in the barracks that said uh, that were moved to faith because of that. 
That there, his reaction of not retaliation, now I'm going to get you back, but one of actually blessing moved someone to see Jesus. And that's what we are called to do. And that is not easy. But thankfully, we have a really awesome motivation. Why are we to do this? Well, he says, because to this you were called. This way of life, this Christian ethic, whatever you want to call it, this way of life, because this is what you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. My doing these good things does not result in me inheriting these blessings. The, excuse me, the blessing was already given. Matter of fact, the blessing was given thousands of years ago to a guy named Abraham. And I want to read from Hebrews chapter 6 as we look at what this blessing is and who it's all about. Hebrews chapter 6, 13 through 20 says this, For when God made a promise to Abraham all the way in the beginning, when he chooses Abraham out of the world, out of all the nations, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself. Right? We talked about this a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago now when we were looking at covenants. And, I, and we talked about this, right? That, that Jesus or God the Father goes and he takes these animals and he cuts them in half the same way they used to make a covenant as kings to say, we're going to walk through here. We're going to be allies. And if I break this covenant, then let it be to me like it is like these animals. And God says, there's nothing else that I can even swear this by. I can't, I can't cross my fingers, hope to die, all these things that we used to do as kids, right? He says, I'm going to literally swear my own deity on that I'm going to choose you and you are going to be my people. That's what he's swearing it by. And now here we are, church, we're part of this blessing. That's what, that's what Peter's saying, that we are part of this inherited blessing that was promised all the way back in Abraham. And since God had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. Abraham could do nothing to deserve that promise. We can do nothing to deserve the promise that we have been given. And verse 15, and thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves and in all their disputes and oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things, an oath, his word and his character, his deity, in which it is impossible for God to lie. So when God made that promise, he made an everlasting covenant, not just with Abraham, but with all the people who would be blessed through Abraham, that is us. We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. Right? This is what we've been called to do. We've been called to hold fast because of what Christ has already done. The author of Hebrews then explains that. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. I love that imagery. It's an anchor of my soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtains. And that's a, a reference now going all the way back to the, the tabernacle and the, and the wilderness and the exodus. Now, when there was this, this holy of holies that only the high priest could go into one time a year. And what he's saying is there's, we are allowed, there's something, there's a hope that enters into that inner place, the Holy of Holies, behind this curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. We can't do that. We would have been struck dead 
And it's the same way God hasn't changed, that we can't just willy-nilly enter into the presence of a holy God. We'd be struck dead. But Jesus goes in as our forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. I could talk for a minute about what that phrase means. Uh, I preached a sermon on Melchizedek a year ago or two. Um, If you are really curious about that, uh, feel free to find it online. But... What he's saying here is that he is a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. In other words, he's not in this priestly line that's going to die. It's going to be established forever and ever and ever. So we are a better family. Because when we have disputes among ourselves or people beyond these walls, we get to go and look to our hope and this anchor this of our soul. I was reminded when I was studying, though, this old hymn, Will your anchor hold? I'm not going to sing it. (laughs) But it says this, Will your anchor hold in the floods of death when the waters cold chill your latest breath? On the rising tide, you can never fail when your anchor holds within the veil. That veil is that veil, that curtain that divides the Holy of Holies. And this anchor which holds in that veil is Jesus Christ. And it is anchored and tied to our souls. And it cannot be loosed. And so that is our motivation to love and to care. Moving on now, just to this last portion of 1 Peter, um, uh, where he quotes now. He's going to quote from Psalm 33. Well, it's actually Psalm 34. But what it's quoting is from the Septuagint, little Bible, little Bible trivia here for you. The Septuagint uh, was the Greek translation of the Old Testament. Okay, so when we read the, the New Testament, when Jesus uh, is quoting the Old Testament, or a lot of people uh, in the New Testament, when they quote it, they're actually quoting from this Greek translation of the Old Testament called the Septuagint. Septuagint just means the 70. Um, there were 70 translators. Apparently, they all got into uh, separate rooms. They all translated the entire Old Testament into Greek, and they all came out exactly the same. And that's why they called the 70. Uh, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but the name stuck. So the 70, the Septuagint, that's what's being quoted. And this is from Psalm 34, but 33 in the Septuagint says this, for whoever would love, this is this Christian ethic, right? That now Peter's saying, this was true back then. This was true of Abraham. This was true of David when he penned these words. It's now true of us. Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And I don't want to spend a lot of time belaboring this, but I didn't realize how much Peter... Uh, references this particular psalm in the entire book. And so I just want to highlight a few of these. That in Psalm 33, 2, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Peter says this in verse 3, Blessed be the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Going back and forth here now from Psalm to, to what Peter says, and from all my sojournings, he delivered me. This is King David as he's surrounded by the Philistine army. Verse 17, in the fear of God. Live your time of sojourning. Come to him, the Lord, and, and your faces shall never be put to shame. 2, 6 in First Peter, the one who trusts in him, the Lord, will never be put to shame. 33, 8, the angel of the Lord camps around those who fear him and will deliver them. And verse 117, again, in fear of God, live your time in sojourning as a stranger, as an alien. 33, 18, the righteous 
uh, cried out and the Lord heard them from all their affliction. He delivered them. In verse 12, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are turned toward their prayer. Psalm 33:20. many of the afflictions of the righteous and from all of them, he will rescue them. Uh, 1-6, though it is necessary for a little while to suffer many kinds of trials. And finally, 33:23, the Lord will redeem the lives of his servants. 1-18, not with perishable things, silver or gold, that you have been redeemed, but with the precious blood of Christ. That he goes over and over, he uses these, these imagery from this psalm that was true about King David, these promises that God is making to David about deliverance and suffering and redemption, all these things, and he's saying, this is true of us. All right, so, so what Peter is saying here is he's not just using this as, as like a proof text. This is why everything that I'm saying is, is a good thing or it's biblical or it's, or, or it's accurate. He's not, it's not just a proof text. Uh, and he doesn't just like quote like a really good, you know, writer. He's like, I'm just going to quote King David because he's got some credibility among the church. Let's just put that in my book and people will start listening to it. No, no, what he's doing is he's saying the same promises that God gives to David in exile are the same exact promises that are true for us today. That we are one people, one church being built up on one chief cornerstone of Jesus Christ. And so finally then, we get to prove it. Right, the last, I don't know, maybe a month or two, I've been, we've been trying, to, I've been trying to close and talk about, right, we've been set free to be free, according to Galatians. So let's go prove it. And what an awesome opportunity now that we have, just something so simple, like for a couple hours on a Sunday in a couple weeks, just to pick up some trash around the neighborhood. That's just, an, just a simple way to prove it. Hey, why are you doing this? Well, I can tell you because it's gross and it's dirty and I don't like the look of it, or I can actually open up and share the gospel with you and explain this is why we are here doing this as a community and as a family. And we get to prove it. That we've been born again. As Peter says, once you were not a people, and now you are. And it's because of this new life that when we suffer insults, as hard as it is, we bless. And when we suffer evil, as hard as it is, we do good in return. And we are to demonstrate that same love of God to them. So in closing application. First, are you, are you part of that family of God? Are you part of that family? Is this something you'd say, man, I, I want to be in? Well, it's really simple. And Jesus made it really simple. All he said is just have to believe in me, believe in who I am, that I can forgive you of all of your sins if you just bow the knee to me and call me Lord. And I will forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And we're going to have communion in a minute. Maybe tonight could be your first time ever having communion that we're going to break some bread and we're going to drink some juice that represents the broken body of Christ and the, the blood that was shed for you. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe tonight could be the first night that you would want to do that. And then finally, to those of you that are part of the church, do you, do you need to demonstrate blessing and good towards someone this week? Right, who, who, who do we need to do that to? Who do we need to repent of our own selfishness? Who do we need to repent of our own retaliation towards somebody? And say, so we want to do good. We want to bless I want to show people the, 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 the love that Jesus Christ has for me this week. Will you bow with me in prayer as we sing, as we take these elements? Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for this passage that we have. Thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he is our anchor, and our anchor will hold within the veil. 
that will never be shaken, will never be moved, even though we may feel being, like we're being tossed about and being tossed to and fro from our own desires or from the lust of the flesh and the pride of life and all these different things or just from society around us and the suffering that we result uh, from as a result from our faith. I pray that our anchor would remain. Our, we know that our anchor is sure. I pray that we would be sure of that anchor and we put our faith in Christ and uh, that you would receive the honor and the glory. So God, I pray that all of us, as we leave this place tonight, as we partake of these elements, that we would be able to walk out of here with our heads held high, no guilt, no shame, because you've forgiven it, you've forgiven us, and then to be able to go out and prove that that same love that you have for us, we have for others around us. So God, I pray that as we partake of these elements, now your sacrificial uh, meal that you instituted thousands of years ago, this would be a time of of blessing and worship uh, to you. For it's Christ's name we pray, amen.